You are listening to the E2C Network, where the Auburn family speaks. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion. Part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson. Auburn just won its second game. I keep saying 1-0 everywhere just because that's Harson's new phrase, but we're actually 2-0. Good thing for Auburn going into this next week against Penn State. But Auburn got its second win against Alabama State in the 2021 season. It was good to see the students show up early for 11 o'clock kickoff. The fans were into it. Uh, The players, however, at the beginning struggled to get into it, but they slowly got there. Uh, I've also brought along, and uh, if you remember – from just a couple of years ago, uh, I had uh, plenty of podcasts with this guy because he was my co-host, Ben King. But I brought him along to talk about this Alabama State game since uh, Jared wasn't able to uh, for this game. Ben King, how you doing, buddy? AJ, I am great, sir. Uh, thanks for having me back. Um, feel bad for Jared not being able to kind of cover this just absolute slaughter. Uh, one note about this. I was at the game, as were you, and I have now been at Jordan-Hare for the last three shutouts. What? So uh, I guess I know how to pick them. <laughs> and, uh, man, when when the team lined up, when Alabama State lined up for that field goal, I was like, no, I want a shutout. And then we batted it down, returned it for a touchdown. I was just losing it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this uh, this is a great game to kind of review and preview when we get over to the Penn State game. So happy to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you back. Um, before we dive it too deep into this Alabama State game, I did kind of, because I just want to hear your thoughts, Ben. Um, from your perspective, you know, give me your thoughts about this Auburn team this year. You know, new coaching staff under Brian Harson, the offensive coordinator under Mike Bobo, and, you know, I guess Brian Harson as well. But even, you know, Derek Mason as defensive coordinator, yeah, and then just kind of give you, you know, any general thoughts that you want about this Auburn team. Yeah, well, uh, so this is probably the lowest expectations I've ever had going into a season. So I didn't even rank Auburn in my top 25. I don't think anyone did. <laughs> uh, I had us right about 29, which I think is where the AP poll landed us, which I was pretty happy to see. Uh, if Gus had still been here and we had returned all of the talent that left, uh, after his dismissal last season, I would have said this is a top 10 team, no doubt, taking back a little Gus saying. But with him leaving and with the receiving core leaving and with some talented defensive players leaving, uh, I wasn't sure what to expect here. And honestly, you know, Brian Harson wasn't on my top 10 list of coaches to hire at Auburn. <laughs> Not many people uh, had Brian Harson on top so 10. So like, <laughs> yeah, hats off to Alan Green for finding a gem. Uh, had not paid much attention to Boise State in the past decade. And Brian Harson, I love his his work ethic. And it's definitely shown with a team that has now come out and offensively performed, even if it's not necessarily right out of the gate. Uh, I love the ability for us to come out of halftime and make adjustments and actually execute on those. That's something that we have not seen in a very long time at Auburn. And the fact that he's able to get this team performing consistently and not letting off off the gas, uh, I I really appreciate that. And, you know, we've been able to have two teams now where we played really nobodies, and that's fine. But 
have put up some very statistically relevant numbers mm-hmm. to where we are now the number one team offensive scoring, number one team yards per play, number one team yards per rush, number three team in rushing yards, <laughs> number one in defensive scoring, uh, number one in allowed rushing yards, number one in allowed yards per play. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen an Auburn team just come out and statistically romp like this, except when I play NCAA football <laughs> on the Xbox. So, you know, uh, it's really fun to be able to see an Auburn team come out and just perform the way that they have. And then for the receiving core, the the young players that they are to really step up, uh, for Tank Bigsby to be all that we saw him last year and more, and then Jarquise Hunter just come out of the rough as a true oh, freshman yes. and just just destroy rushing the football. This is an exciting team. And uh, like I said, no expectations. I thought best of we were going to be 7-5 and five this year. But I'm starting to believe, man. And uh, it's tough because when you start to believe, it just sets you up for disappointment. But I feel like Brian Harson and the coaching staff uh, know what they're doing. And they're preparing this team well. And I'm really excited to see next week when we go on the road because Gus Malzahn was never good at road games and he never had the team prepared for those. And so this will really show a lot of what has changed when we have a road game in a tough environment. So I'm really excited to see that. Yeah. I don't know about never. He always had him ready at Arkansas, but. (laughs) (laughs) That was the only one as the game he circled. And then we almost lost to Arkansas last year. So. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. But I mean, I think we we've turned a corner and you know gone into a new chapter under Brian Harson. And I'm lo- I mean, I'm I'm loving like you are the changes, um, the ways that it seems like Harson and his staff have this team uh, dialed in, even for these smaller games. Um, which, it, I mean, even under Gus Malzahn, it felt like sometimes those games you're kind of you know, hoping even at halftime, like, oh crap, it's close. Like it's a field goal or two scores away from, you know, something potentially bad happening. And then mm-hmm. usually the second half under Gus Malzahn, you know, we run away with it. But honestly, like it took maybe a little bit longer than I expected in this Alabama state game to kind of propel us into like, okay, yeah, we got this. We're not going to have to worry about this game against Alabama state. Um, but I mean, our first two drives, ended in just field goals and I mean that's I mean I'm just thinking back even last year under Gus you know we we seem to get to the red zone and end in a field goal and you're like that's uh, against the hard competition you're not going to win a lot of football games doing that so it was good you know after a little bit getting us going to score more touchdowns and then ultimately I mean (laughs) we had an incredible third quarter um think it was the highest scoring third quarter in Auburn history where we scored 35 points so I mean that's some that's some good halftime adjustments by Harson and his staff to get us going again and just say we're putting we're putting the pedal down to the metal and then we're going we're going hard absolutely yeah and so many records were set in this game or were kind of tied in this game so was this the first time that we've beaten teams by 60 plus since like 1932. Uh, the longest touchdown run was in this game. Yeah. Uh, Hunter, baby. The highest scoring third quarter is in this game. Just so many, so many awesome things to actually be able to witness in person. I was really happy to be there. 
Yeah, it was fun. I mean, coming to the game, maybe if you're watching on TV, it wasn't as exciting, but definitely in the stadium, like there were so many big plays. And and I'm sure watching on TV, it was exciting because anytime you have a 94-yard run where mm-hmm. you get a punt or a kick block or punt block, any of those, I feel like it just makes the game that much more fun. Um, I'm personally a big fan of special teams, but you know, maybe I'm just partial to that. Well, I feel like special teams hasn't been good for a long time. And like they performed incredibly well besides I'd say the, the halftime like onside kick. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. That may have been one of the bad ones, but besides that, like special teams kept us really in the game early on Mm -hmm. and they performed incredibly well holistically. Yeah. And even that, that kickoff, I mean, ultimately didn't result for any points for Alabama state, Um, but it was, I mean, I I don't know how you expect that. And also I think it was pretty much perfectly executed. Like it was, you couldn't have, it's kind of like a, it reminds me of like a pop-up just in baseball between like an infielder and outfielder. Like sometimes it just drops and it's perfectly put, but like you can't necessarily plan on that every time being consistent. So it was just, you know, the right time, right moment. Auburn wasn't necessarily ready for it and it just happened. Um, But I think overall special teams just kick butt this this game um, besides that one play. For sure. Um, but let's jump into kind of, you know, things we learned just overall from this Auburn team uh, against Alabama State. Ben, what are some of the things you kind of learned from this game um, that you think will be continued on throughout the rest of the season? Yeah, so I'd say a tenacity of the running game is huge. Uh, I think the passing game needs a uh, – be picked up a little bit sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bo is still a little bit uh, challenged, but and he he made some good decisions and some bad decisions. Like there was a third down where he definitely should have run for it, and he tried to pass and it went in the dirt. Right. So okay. uh, not not going to hate on Bo too much, but um, definitely seeing some development there, which is good. Uh, he seems to be a lot more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, that may be part because of the line and also because of the competition, but I'm happy to see that. Uh, and really the biggest things that I think is the special teams and defensive performances because defense is lights out and special teams was lights out. So uh, absolutely love to see that, you know, they say defenses win championships, but you got to be able to score. Mm-hmm. I think we can score on the ground very easily. I think our defense is stout. Yeah, I, I was going to say, a thing I learned is defense. I, I I personally wasn't expecting a shutout this game. I was expecting Alabama State. I'd heard they have a really good running back. Their passing game is pretty good. Like, them, them be able to move the ball, at least get some points. But Auburn's defense said, not in my house, not today. Mm-hmm. Um, and then special teams coming up clutch with that block kick um, that would have resulted in three points um, and ended that shutout. So – there were lots of good things on both defense, special teams. Offense is definitely moving in the right direction, but there's things like I've, I've noticed early on, and maybe it's just a morning game. Maybe it's just the chemistry kind of, you know, still needing to be developed between particularly Bo Nix and the wide receivers. But, you know, we saw a good bit of that, honestly, in that first game where Bo went 20 for 22. This game, not as great. I think it was nine of 17, 108 yards, only two touchdowns compared mm-hmm. to, you know, last week. Not as good of a performance, 
I mean, it got the job done, obviously. But I think Auburn's offense, if, if you have that kind of slow start against a good team, you're going to be playing from behind pretty quickly. So against big teams like coming up against Penn State, you can't have that happen. So offense has got to get on the right page from minute one of the game. Yep, absolutely agree. All right, let's kind of talk high level, you know, offense. What did you think of Auburn's offense this game? And uh, what are some of the things um, that you think maybe even Bo can do um, to improve uh, this offense going forward? Yeah, I I really liked uh, the offense in the second half. So first half, I'll kind of go through. Um, Look, Bo needs to make better decisions. I guess that's kind of (laughs) where it where it starts. And then our receivers, when they are wide open and Bo makes a good decision, even if he doesn't put it on the money, they have to be able to catch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had so many drop passes early on in this game. It was kind of infuriating, especially yeah. since they were wide open touchdown passes that should have been caught and hauled in and scored on. Uh, so you can't put all that on Bo. Um, he delivered passes where he needed to a lot of times and they were I don't even know what the stats are as far as drops are, but it has to be half of his misses were drops. I know in the first half, I'd already kind of thought through at least four. So at least four in the first half, I kind of lost track in the second half, but say four. I mean, that's, if he completes four, then he's 13 of 17. Yep. That's, that's not bad. I mean, that's much better than how it looks on paper. Cause right now it looks like he's just a little over, you know, half of his passes he completes, but I think some of that is on the wide receivers dropping. Them Absolutely. Off. It is. And this receiving core is young. So, yes. you know, they're going to continue to get better. They're going to continue to learn. Um, but right now uh, that's, I'd say the biggest question mark as far as the offense goes running game, man. Awesome. <laughs> like that the line is finally coming together. The way they were open, able to open up holes to run through was awesome. Uh, whether we go, you know, through the seams or around the sides, the running game was on point. Uh, it didn't matter who was carrying the ball either, which was great. Yeah. Like so, even, even guys like Sean Jackson, number 44, Jordan Ingram got some runs. Mm-hmm. And so you're thinking, that's really cool. Like we're going really like fast fourth and fifth level of running backs um, behind Tank, Jarquez, and Shivers. And so you're, you're, I'm honestly one of the things, and this is kind of coming back to my our discussion at the beginning of, what are we liking from this Harson era is you're seeing a lot of good depth building and going forward. I think we only have tank for one more year after this. And so what is the next, you know, iteration of this running back room? I think it's Jarquez and guys like Sean Jackson and anybody else that we end up picking up uh, in on the recruiting trail. So I think there's a lot of good things from this running back group that I think, is a very good start. And one of those particular ones that I think is uh, something that I think can definitely be utilized a lot is passing out of the the backfield to running back. I mean, there's a lot of good places where, you know, tank or Jarquez can, or even Shivers can get out on a wheel route or something and make some big plays because both, I mean, all those guys are top three running backs. You give them some open space they're going to make some some crazy good plays. Um, so that's something that I want to see a little bit more of is those passes out of the backfield um, just to keep the offense – I mean, the, keep the defense a little honest. Yeah, and you think about, you know, the coaching changes. Keeping Cadillac Williams was one of the best decisions. 
I mean, he should be one of the highest paid, like, offensive coaches in the country just because of the talent he's able to bring in and the way he's able to develop these running backs. Yeah, for real. So, uh, like, I didn't know who Jarquez Hunter was until this season, and he has exploded onto the map. So, oh, no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. It's, uh, it's pretty awesome to see the talent that we have at running back when we were able to go, you know, five deep in this game and just put on a show. Yeah, it's it's really crazy. Um, also, let's talk about wide receivers. We've kind of hit on them. They've, they've been a little bit inconsistent, dropping a lot of passes. But I think one of the things that I got from this game was we were starting to develop that long ball or even the fade route to like Demetrius Robertson. And that's something I think was kind of lacking from even the first game is who's going to be our deep ball threat. And I think we're starting to get that. I think Shedrick Jackson is kind of coming to the top of the list. Demetrius Robertson is coming to the top of that list. Um, and so I know there's guys kind of bubbling up like that in the wide receiver room. Um, any other kind of thoughts about this wide receiver group? Um, and I'm going to also lump in tight ends as well, since we only had one pass from uh, to Schinker for eight yards this game. Any other thoughts on that? I really like Kobe Hudson too. Uh, I think he did a great job in the game. Um it's weird because we don't have like a go-to wide receiver. Yeah. And so I'm really trying to figure out who that is. I feel like as far as someone who can, you know, be your third and five, like who do you pass it to? Demetrius Robertson is probably the guy right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shedrick Jackson. I love Shedrick and his, his history being Bo's nephew, Bo Jackson's nephew. And uh, you know, the fact that he's able to step up, and be a solid player is is really great so i'd love him to be able to be that guy too um but you know <laughs> the the kind of players that we have is kind of cool the legacy of some of the wide receivers even uh, kaylin newton like i really like, wanted kaylin newton to get that touchdown man he, he had a for sure a touchdown that was one oh, of the ones gosh. I was like dang it dude you you were so open he, he just got too excited i think <laughs> yep yep for sure so I think wide receiver is still kind of a question mark for me, but some of the displays that we've seen in the first two games has made me really happy. Yeah. Uh, and it was one of the areas that I was kind of most worried about, and I don't feel as worried about it now, uh, especially like TJ Finley, his one pass. Who did that go to? Uh, Malcolm Johnson Jr. That was one fantastic pass to yeah. fantastic catch. Yes. So uh, even the guys in like third, fourth string, are really talented yeah and so love t- to see that and i was uh, noting not only was tj finley's ball just perfectly thrown but malcolm johnson came down with that so well and, and that's with somebody right on your back like right there ready to to you know tip the ball or you know tackle you and malcolm johnson jr didn't care he was going to catch the ball either way um <laughs> so yeah, it's cool to see like guys that are a little bit lower on the depth chart that aren't necessarily starters or again developing into uh guys that I think Malcolm Johnson, maybe even in this year, this season, even could have some really big impacts uh, for Auburn. Hey Auburn fans, I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs. 
especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C Network Booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C Network to join the E2C Network Booster Club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. I do want to talk about offensive line because offensive line was you know, pretty good, honestly, the first, first game. We had no pressures. This game, I feel like we got beat a couple of times. Um, and offensive line knew it. And what did they end up doing? They went to their old habits of holding. And <laughs> I think we had at least two holding calls, maybe three in the game where offensive linemen were just, they held. And the, and a couple of those were really big plays. I think Tank got called back. I think I calculated in my head. It was over 30 yards of yeah. runs just because somebody held. And that just sucks. Like that's demoralizing if you're running back. But that's something that you can clean up, um, and that's discipline, not holding on too long. So um, the other kind of news, uh, Brandon Council was injured. I don't think I've heard anything. Ben, have you heard anything about Brandon Council? I have not, but was not happy to see that. Yeah, I mean, a starting offensive lineman going down on a team that's trying to build this unity on offensive line not a good sign. Hopefully we hear some good news that he's uh, on the mend and ready to come back. Um, but it sounds like also kind of in this off season, they've been rotating a lot of offensive linemen in and out, just knowing that odds are somebody's going to get injured, nicked up. And this is, you know, kind of the nature of offensive line in the SEC. So, I, I mean, honestly, after him, he got out, I didn't see a huge drop off. Um, maybe I wasn't looking close enough, but I didn't see a you know huge drop off, which I think is a good thing from this offensive line. Uh, True, and and kind of moving forward. I think it was a little late in the game too, um, yeah. which I think is kind of why we didn't see a drop off. And it's it's really going to matter going forward. I think last season when we lost an offensive lineman early on, that was when might have been in the Georgia game. Mm-hmm. That was when we started going a little bit downhill. Um, really happy to see some of the growth there. I think yeah. the offensive line did very well for most of the game besides a couple of penalties. And honestly, like we learned from 2019 facing LSU, like commit them if you got them, like because <laughs> they're not going to get called most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I mean, I, I hate getting called on it, but if they're allowing it, why not? So yeah. um, it's kind of like a whistle. The, yeah. Play, play what the ref's calling you for. So they're not calling it. Mm-hmm do it (laughs) um let's also kind of transition over we talked to phil a good bit about offense and you know where offense is headed 
um, mostly good things, but definitely some stuff to grow on, especially with wide receivers and uh, Bo settling in earlier in the game. But let's talk about defense. Um, this is, uh, again, I, I think some good stuff from our defense. I mean, we I, I didn't have huge question marks coming into this year just because our defense of you know, the amount of veterans that we have on our defense is really good. Um, yep. And that that alone made me feel good. But then as we started to lose some defensive linemen, some questions started popping up. I don't think I have as many question marks, except, and I'm going to put this one out here, I think the defensive line or even defensive front seven kind of getting pressure on the quarterback because I feel like we should have gotten to Alabama's state's quarterback a little bit more than we did. There was a couple of times we got close, but I'm I, if we're struggling against Alabama State, I, I hope we're able to move and get to the quarterback quickly um, against other teams. But yep. I, I think that's something for us to to work towards is getting pressure on the quarterback. And it's weird in this game. We weren't rushing a ton. Uh, I think it was probably only four most of the time. Yeah. Uh, had a couple of sacks, which was great. I know T.D. Moultrie got one, so I was happy to see that. Uh, we ran a lot of zone in this game, too, which I thought was kind of weird. Uh, we've got a lot of holes in our zone. So yeah. I was happy to see that, you know, Alabama State did not take advantage of that too much. Uh, their quarterback was like, look once at your guy and then run, mm-hmm. which prepping for a, a team like Penn State, I think that's probably a beneficial type player to go up against. Sean Clifford does a lot of that too. So, uh, yeah, as far as getting pressure, I don't know if we were trying that hard. That's true um, too. But I definitely expected a little bit more. So. Yeah, and and that's maybe just you know I'm I'm hoping because that was a struggle the last few years that we get guys into the backfield. Now I think where we are getting into the backfield isn't resulting in sacks, but a lot of tackle for losses. I mean, I think one, two, three, like pretty much the top nine tacklers for Auburn end up getting a tackle for loss. So that's showing you we're getting into the backfield. It may not result in a sack, but we tackle the running back in the backfield and results in negative yards. It's, you know, not as flashy as a sack, but it's still negative yardage makes it really tough on the offense. So we're getting there. It's just I want to see it more, I guess, towards the quarterback. Uh, focus on that for sure. Uh, and I want to see some more blitz packages too. Yes, I don't. I think we're probably hiding some of those right now. We probably are. Um, yeah, really, because we haven't needed them. Yeah. So, One time, uh, I think Smoke was on a safety blitz, though he jumped it a little too early. I've mm-hmm. seen that one. I know we've done one or you know, a handful of like linebacker blitzes, like where we have Owen Papo or Jacoby McLean kind of go in there but it's it's not uh i don't know those haven't necessarily resulted in a lot of good plays yet maybe we're hiding the best for other teams and that wouldn't honestly shock me um that we're just kind of you know it's a vanilla defense right now um not showing a whole lot for sure um i do want to talk about some of the big tacklers this game i mean zakoe mcclain this was his eighth career 10 plus tackle game the dude (laughs) is a beast like he just finds tackle. I mean, it felt like at some points it was like back to back to back plays that Zacoby was in on the tackle, getting a solo tackle or like helping out a guy. And you're just thinking, this dude, no wonder he was, you know, the leading tackler last year in the SEC. He just knows how to find the ball, does not care about 
anything besides just getting to the ball. And he does a really good job of that. Um, got some tackle for losses. Like he's amazing. I, I maybe I'm having a little man crush over him, but like, <laughs> dude, he's amazing. You'll have to have him on sometime. I know, right? Um, another one that I definitely wanted to shout out, and uh, you know, Ben, dating back to you know when we started like our Carlton Davis watch, like we've done defensive back watches. Roger McCreary has become that guy for me. So I'm going to start a new segment specifically for Roger McCreary this year. Uh, he has been our go-to lockdown corner. And for his last year, he's putting up some really good stats. He's already got a pass breakup. Dude had a freaking pick six this game. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, I think he ran the route better than wide receiver did on that pick six. <laughs> like <laughs> he saw it and he's like, oh, perfect to me. Great. I'm going to run it in. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, any other thoughts about Roger McCree? Gosh, it's it's great to have really some lockdown corners. And when we come into some of these teams that they already have a well-defined uh, playmaker at wide receiver, I, I really want to see him one-on-one on some of those guys. Mm-hmm. So I'm really happy to have him there. Was loving the interception pick six. I mean, anytime you can get that on defense, it's exciting. And then, yeah, the the ability to really defend the pass, which we've never been great at, but have been good at, yeah, um, was That's pretty like good exciting. At, like good enough. Like, I mean, for goodness sakes, we've got like Carlton Davis and yeah, but Jamel we had, Dean and we the... had two corners that won a Super Bowl <laughs> last year. So I'm not gonna say like we're not good at it, but yeah, we we've never been great. But I feel like we're getting closer. No which doubt. Is cool. And I was just thinking of, I mean, we've really been developing into kind of this quarterback university where we've put some great guys into the NFL. I think we're not, you know, top level, but we're we're putting out some good product um, as far as secondary. I mean, I'm really excited to see a lot of these guys kind of transition, especially, you know, under Kevin Steele's offense or Kevin Steele's defense to this Derek Mason defense. And then, mm-hmm. you know, going forward into the NFL, because I think there's going to be some really good talent like Roger McCreary and Smoke Monday that are going to make some big impacts on Sunday in the NFL. Absolutely. I mean, even Igbenogany, I saw him play. Uh, he's somewhere in the NFL. I, I heard his name called uh, out. Dolphins? Is that accurate? I'm going to look him I'm up. I'm not sure. I'd have to look. Igbenogany. Yeah, Dolphins. But, yeah, I think preseason he was uh, making some plays, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's funny to be kind of RBU and DBU at the same time. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Kevin Steele, he did some great things, but I'm I'm not going to mention his name ever again after this. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, uh, I'm happy with Derek Mason and kind of the, the team that he's inherited and hope that the recruiting trail continues to um, go well and get better on the defensive side. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I did want to talk about the the strip fumble. So Marquise Burks ended up stripping it. Coley Wooden ends up coming up with the ball. I, I'm loving our defense and our turnovers. How mm-hmm. we're, I mean that that was something I feel like every once in a while under a Kevin Steele defense we got, but it's starting to you know continue to be. We're gonna get turnovers. We're gonna make the offense mess up. And I personally love that. I think that's a great way to uh, just go after the ball. So um, I'm really excited about that. Really hoping we continue um, against better competition, uh, you know, ter- causing turnovers. 
Absolutely. And I think that's a Harson thing. You know, I, I feel like under the Gus era, he was all about ball protection. Mm-hmm. But Harson's all about like offensively going after getting turnovers. Yeah. And uh, I like that where you take it not to be a, a defensive minded, but on a defensive side, offensively minded. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I love attacking the ball and attacking, uh, you know, the turnover and forcing these things has been great the first couple games. Yeah, it really has been. And I, and I think that kind of bleeds over sometimes even into special teams. Like when the defense is feeling good, that's when we get some good vibes about, all right, cool. Like, I mean, that's, I, I think one of the reasons we got, you know, punt block and a kick block this game. Yeah. So I think the sky's the limit for this defense. And then I I continue, I mean, I, my expectation is they're going to be a top 10 defense by the end of this year, regardless of the competition that we have number one right be now that good exactly number one right now <laughs> um let's talk about special teams um Andres Charlson did I mean honestly pretty good I mean he he was one for one I believe for kicks uh he had a 34 yarder and then all of his kicks pretty much went through the end zone even the one I think one of the penalties pushed us back to the 30 yard line so it was an extra like five yards Honors didn't care. He still kicked it in the end zone. No return. So I think our kickoff game is very strong. Um, and Honors obviously is one of our strengths of our special teams doing well again. Yep. I did want to mention a player that I didn't really know too much about, but I saw that he carried out the American flag. So, you know, the new tradition, you have two guys carrying a Wardam Eagle or WDE kind of flag and the other carrying the American flag out of the tunnel, you know, before the game starts. And Barton Lester was the guy holding the American flag this game. And I was, uh, before the game, I was like, who is Barton Lester? And who's number 51? And he's a senior. He has played on this team for a long time, and he's developed into a very good special teams player. And by, I mean, very good. This dude had a blocked punt. He had a kickoff, uh, kickoff that he got a tackle on. And... On top of that, he almost had another block punt, like was inches away from almost getting another block punt. Yeah. This dude was just doing things. And and for a guy that I didn't know too much about going into this, super happy to see guys like that performing so well and just having eyes on the prize of doing really good job in whatever, you know, if you know, whatever capacity that the coach puts you in. And Barton Lester was definitely doing that. Yeah, I don't know if our special teams is just that dang good or if Alabama State is just really bad. <laughs> but I feel like every single punt, we could have blocked it. We just stopped trying. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, we didn't want to rub it in. <laughs> but man, That would have been pretty embarrassing if every punt was blocked. <laughs> that would have been really that was Alabama State. The blocked punt that we did have where Barton Lester got that bad boy, that was so cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've seen a block punt in Jordan Hare Stadium. So I was, was happy to see that. Yeah, definitely. Um, we also, you know, that block field goal, that that one was also a lot of fun. That was blocked by, uh, I think it was Wooden. And then uh, returned by Nehemiah, Nehemiah Pritchett. So, I mean, goodness, like, I love special teams. They they create some really fun um I don't know, really fun plays. And this this game was full of special teams, really good plays. 
Um, I also want to talk about uh, the return game. So it looked like Demetrius Robinson was uh, kind of our main one out there for punt return. I think we tried out Devin Geis. Um, I think he fumbled it once, maybe twice or something like that. Not great. Um, Especially when I feel like punt return, like just clean it, you know, filled it cleanly. And, you know, anything on top of that, you know, that's kind of what I'm hoping for. But if you can't field it cleanly, you're not going to get a big return. So I honestly look, especially in this next game for Demetrius Robinson uh, to kind of be the main guy punt returning. Um, And I mean, dude has some speed. Um, We haven't even really talked about his speed, but I'm seeing, you know, the word flashes, you know, like Anthony Schwartz, like the flash. (laughs) I mean, I mean it like this dude is quick. I mean, we, we think we had a end around like you know, reverse play with Demetrius Robinson in this game. He had a great punt return. He's got a lot of speed. And I think yeah. that's really exciting for this uh, for this team to have a guy like him with senior leadership on the team coming in from Georgia, playing his final year in college. He's making some big things happen. And I'm I'm really excited to have him. Yeah, and it's it's really kind of incredible how quickly he's kind of come in to playing with this team because he's probably the player with the least time on campus. Mm-hmm. I feel like oh, yeah. he came in only a couple weeks prior to it was he like came in like the middle of fall practice three or something like that, right? Weeks or four weeks before the first game. I mean it yeah. really wasn't much time. Like there was even a point where like Bo was like, yeah, I didn't even get one I haven't even passed a Demetrius Robinson in practice or anything. And you're thinking, wow, like that kind of shows you how new Demetrius Robertson is to Bo Nix. But that chemistry has already started to build quickly with Demetrius and Bo. And I think that's yep. a good thing going forward. And he's talented. So uh, happy to have him on the team. Yeah, definitely. Um, the other kind of one that I wanted to talk about with special teams was obviously that kickoff that Alabama State had that was perfectly executed. Okay, bad special teams. But I did want to talk about and, and this harkens back to, you know, Ben, when we were doing the podcast together on a regular basis, do you remember Australian Aaron? Yes, sir. Yeah. Australian, Australian Aaron. Aaron. I saw him play today. Yeah. He was playing for the Eagles. How cool is that? <laughs> it was awesome. Good to see him. Like, I, I think he shocked most people when, you know, leaving early, but he was also like 26 or 27, I think. Um, I like he's when, 28. <laughs> he, he came over to college from Australia after already going through all of their, um, like schooling. So it, it, I, he had eligibility, but I was yeah. still happy to see him go. And he did, he had a great punt today for the Eagles. Um, I don't know if, if you watched the game or not, but one of my Sunday traditions is watching the Atlanta Falcons fall apart. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> so sad. So sad to be an Atlanta native, but you know, it's part of it. So yeah, it was uh it was good to see Australian Aaron back again. Yeah, it was cool to see Aaron Sepos get back out there and actually do well. And he's a starting puncher for the Eagles. So he's he's made his way onto a roster and uh congrats to him. Um Ben, any other final thoughts before we get out of here? Um, and then we'll do our Penn State review a little bit later in the week. Any other thoughts on this Alabama State game? Yeah, so uh, look, fantastic performance on kind of every facet of the game, especially in the second half. Just absolutely love the adjustments that were made. And I feel like this team has a lot of momentum going into the rest of the season. I feel like they've been able to 
kind of use these first two games as really test pilots of of what we can do and what we can perform. And I know we've held a lot of stuff back. And so I'm really excited. Uh, Had very small (laughs) expectations for this team. If you had told me preseason that we'd come out and put up 60 plus on our first two opponents, I would have been like, there's absolutely no way that's happening. That is crazy. And the fact that we're beating teams 61 to five right now on average is incredible. Yeah. That's some dominance. And I love putting teams like that in their place because it it helps (laughs) Auburn personally, but I feel like, yeah, maybe I feel a little bad for those smaller teams, but no, they got their money. (laughs) They got their money. And Hey, Auburn's not afraid to, you know, play in-state rivals, you know, in-state teams like Alabama state, other than Alabama, they're super scared of playing teams like that. Apparently, but they got to play teams like Duke. (laughs) That's bad. And Mercer. Yeah, those are bad teams. Powerhouses. <laughs> um, ben, before we get out of here, how can the uh, people stay in touch with you? Yeah, you guys can find me anywhere on social media at B-E-N-K-1-N-G. And I uh, also do a podcast with my friend CJ Sweat called Moneyline. You can find that anywhere where podcasts exist. <laughs> yeah, and if you, you can find me on Twitter at A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue... It's what we do. War Eagle.